Hi, and welcome to Creation Talk. Today, we're going to be talking about the resurrection. Probably, well, I think definitely the most important central point about the Christian faith that makes it unique compared to all others. Hi, welcome back. I'm Gary Bates. And I'm Lita Kosner. So at the intro there, I mentioned how central the resurrection was to the Christian faith. In fact, it's at the very, very heart of the Christian faith leader. You know, I struggled in my early Christian walk as a young evolutionist. I didn't want to be a science denier, and I came up with explanations how maybe Jesus didn't really physically uh, raise from the dead because I didn't understand that what I was doing was destroying the gospel. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 12 to 14, the Apostle Paul writes this, Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. That sounds like a pretty central core message to me. That's correct. Paul is saying that if Christ has not been raised, we're still in our sins because it's that important. But, you know, a lot of Christians struggle to explain the resurrection or defend it against skeptical attacks. But this is really one of the most important areas of our faith to be able to defend. Yes, yeah, so we shouldn't presume everybody knows, you know, what a resurrection is. A resurrection here, we're talking about the resurrection of Jesus is where he was physically raised from the dead after dying for our sins on the cross. But it wasn't the only uh, resurrection. In fact, a forerunner to that, Jesus himself resurrected somebody. Yes, and of course, you're talking about the resurrection of Lazarus. That was one of the key instances of Jesus showing God's power over life itself. The Jews actually had a tradition that in the first couple of days after death, the soul was still hanging around the body, and so it was possible for somebody to come back to life. But they said after about three days, that's when the soul left, and it was impossible after that point. So Jesus intentionally delayed going back until after that time had already passed. Yeah, and three days, um, not trying to be uh, glib about it, but the body would be rotting, be pretty stinky after three days. Yeah, and that was one of the objections when Jesus commanded them to roll back the stone. But we see that obviously since God created life and he gives life to us to begin with, he's obviously capable of restoring it. Yeah, and the restoration is an important point because we're talking about Jesus being physically resurrected. And isn't that the hope that we have as believers that we're going to be physically resurrected? Where, yes. where are our physical bodies going to live? And unfortunately, I think a lot of Christians, they all not only struggle to explain the resurrection, but they also have a wrong view that in a new heavens and earth, we're going to have some kind of vaporous, ethereal, ghostly existence. Right. A lot of, a lot of people don't understand how important it is that the resurrection is physical, but the resurrection being physical is in the very definition of what the resurrection is. N.T. Wright has a good point that I like to paraphrase sometimes. A human spirit existing without its body is not a victory over death. It's the definition of death because God created us to have both a body and a spirit. Yeah, so if we're separated, then that's kind of God going to plan B, isn't it? Because originally 
when we were created, Adam was created, he was both physical and he had a spirit, but he would have lived eternally in the body too. Yes. And the idea underlying the sort of spiritual resurrection idea is that matter is somehow bad. Physicality is somehow bad. And so the victory over sin is almost a victory over physicality. But we see in the Bible that's not true. God is going to physically restore the earth, and we're going to live on that physically restored earth in physically glorified resurrection bodies. Salida, that brings a really interesting thought to mind, because I think, you know, in the terms of the resurrection, it's who that is, was resurrected is really important, because no other religion, no other belief system has their central character, their central saviour being raised from the dead. Surely that's a forerunner for us of what we can look forward to. Yes, and you know, that's something that really is unique to Christianity. In other religions, we know that their gurus or religious leaders died. We know that Muhammad died. We know that Joseph Smith died and whoever else you want to talk about. But a lot of times people go to Jerusalem and they see what some people think is the tomb of Jesus, the garden tomb, but that tomb is empty. So out of all of the religions, we're the only ones who have that hope. Just as an aside point, interesting talking about that, of course, it was predicted that the Messiah would raise from the dead and there was a guard over the tomb and everything else, but that didn't stop him. Yes, and it's almost comical, you know, like God's going to be stopped by a Roman seal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, in the Christian calendar, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday, is probably the best attended day on the church calendar. Yes. So I think even... Uh, you know, non-regular church attenders recognize the significance of the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And, you know, we've said it a couple of times, but just to explain for folks at home, what's the gospel? I mean, what is the actual gospel message in the fact that Jesus rose from the dead? So in a nutshell, the, the gospel is God originally created the earth good. He's a good creator and our first ancestor, Adam, ruined the world when he sinned. He brought death. He broke our relationship with God. And because he's a sinner, all of us who were born after him, we're sinners just like him. Now, can I just interrupt before you go on? Because here's a point. People often say, well, you know, well, I don't rob banks and I don't do wrong things, but it's not what you do that makes us sinners. It's actually who we are. That's why Paul says he does the things that he doesn't want to do and so on. And we're incapable because it's part of us in nature. Isn't that the very reason God himself had to intervene and do something about it? Well, it's interesting. A lot of people think they're good people and they're not sinners. But I, I know one evangelist who makes a habit of going around and going through the Ten Commandments and say, well, have you ever lied? And everybody has to say, well, I, yeah, I have lied yeah, more times. Yeah, but it was only a little lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and have you ever taken anything, even something small that wasn't yours? Well, yes, I have. Then you're a thief. And he says, well, have you ever had hateful thoughts about anyone? Well, then the Bible says you're a murderer. Have you ever had lustful thoughts about somebody? Well, then you're an adulterer. So as a lying, hateful, murderous, adulterer, you know, do you think if you died today, you would go to heaven or hell? And yeah. so when you put it in those terms, people realize that they're not a good person. Exactly. Now, humanly speaking, you might say, well, they weren't really bad sins, but we're talking about living up to God's standard. If yes. we want to have a relationship with him, how do we get to him if we have 
that sin nature. Yeah. And that's why God himself, in fact, intervened uh, in history. Yeah, people want to compare themselves to Hitler instead of comparing themselves to the Holy God. But the really important point about the resurrection is that the resurrection proves to us that God accepted Jesus' sacrifice. He is who he claimed to be. He did what he claimed to do. And the fact that he's now at the right hand of the Father interceding for all of us who have believed in him gives us tremendous hope and comfort. You know, this is uh, just an incredible thing when you think about it. I think in Christian circles, we talk about it, we get used to the concept, but let's just take a step back. Let's get out of our Christian skin for a moment. And if you're, if you're listening and watching, just think about this. God, the creator of the universe, came and took our place so that he, we could have a relationship with him that was broken by us. That's the definition of a miracle. And it's also, ladies and gentlemen, the definition of love. If you want to know if God is a loving God, what more could he have done for us later? Exactly. And some people take issue with, you know, why aren't there multiple paths to salvation? You know, why do people have to believe in Jesus? Well, if there were another way other than the Son of God taking on human flesh, living a perfectly righteous life, and then dying the death that we deserved in our place, don't you think he would have done that? When Jesus prayed, Father, if there's any other way, let this cut pass for me. If there was any other way, don't you think God would have answered that prayer from his beloved Son? Well, I tell you what, Lita, you know, we deal with this stuff on a daily basis, but just having this conversation, and as I said, just taking a, a step back just makes you realize what an incredible God and creator that we have. And I pray that uh, if you're listening, that you come to understand who God is. It says in the book of Hebrews, if you wanted to know what God was like in the flesh, look at Jesus the perfect sinless man, the perfect loving man who demonstrated it by dying in our place. Uh, if you uh, want to know more about the resurrection, we've got some articles on our website. These podcasts exist to link you with information on creation.com. That's where you'll find it all. Over 40 years worth of articles there and it's all free. And by the way, if you do like this, help keep them coming. We appreciate your financial support.